This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Rebel. Vicious. What's got around the back? And Richie Wood has done it again! The magic man has come up with another trick! Well, there's a chance to seal it! It's done! It's Georgie Kelly! Rotherham United's pathway back to the championship is opening up! Hello all and welcome to a new season of New York Talk. The 22-23 season's underway. Nearly underway, uh, and this is our first show as we will look ahead. Uh, I was feeling rubbish before we started, but that, in that new intro, <laughs> she did me right up. Oh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, that's going to be right in the new season. Um, so we'll go through it in the comments in a minute. We have Mick, who is still coughing, so I have to forgive him. Yeah, I am. Still ill. Have we got a new away shirt, by the way, Matt? Me? Uh, United, have we got a new purple away kit? I couldn't be bothered to find a shirt, to be honest with you. So I'm just... uh, here we are. Ben is up there giving sympathy to everybody who was ill. Thank you, Ben. Hello. Uh, Danny's with us as well. How's it going, Danny? It's going good, mate. Hello, everybody. And we've got Dylan back with us. Hello, how's it going, Dylan? Good evening. I am all right. How are you? No, well, less said the better. <laughs> um, but I am so excited for the season starting in, what, 40 hours' time. So just under 40 hours' time. So let's give you a rundown of what we're doing on today's episode. We're going to have 10, 15 minutes talking about a new signing. Thursday, we've signed somebody. We're going to have about 15 minutes past uh, into the show. We're going to have Swans TV joining us to give us a lowdown on Swans. The scouting report is returning in the new season. Uh, and then we'll cover predictions. We'll cover the moment of truth, uh, which has come out with some parts of that that need discussing, unfortunately, and fortunately, parts of it are fortunate as well. Um, and we'll go from there, if that's all right with everybody. Um, Ian Bradley says he likes the new intro. Powerman UK says he likes it as well. <laughs> Lynn McGarry as well. Thank you, the IFC. I don't know if he snuck any of his own bits in there, but I, I quite enjoyed it. <laughs> um, yeah, so the breaking news on Thursday is that the Millers have a new utility man almost. Elite Peltier, who could play centre back or as right wing back, signs in for Rotherham United. Danny, uh, this is, I'm not going to say it's a perfect signing, but it, it fills a lot of boxes. We've got cover at centre-back, center we've got cover at right full-back or, or wing-back, and he's got so, he's probably, he's almost, he's probably more experienced than Woody in, in terms of experience. He's so much experience this guy's got. In, in terms of championship experience, yeah. Um, and in terms of giving his um, his knowledge of this division to the team, it is 
more or less the perfect signing. Uh, we've been saying for ages that we needed experience at the back because we had Woody and then m- more or less the youngins, if you mm. like. But now we've got Hall and now we've got, I just, I just say it, Pel- how do you say it? Peltier, I think. Peltier. Uh, and we've got Peltier in as well. Um, it's only for a year. Mm. But um, I think the reason Warney, I signed him is he's got him in his phone already because um, Peltier was just coming through the ranks at Yeovil or, or rather starting his career at Yeovil whilst Warney was there. So they've kept in touch since then. Mm. And um, yeah, I think he's um, going to be a squad player, but a vital squad player. He'll add a little bit more knowledge of the division, a bit of a calmer head. And um, I'm actually quite excited to see what he see what he does for us because he's got glowing reviews from the middle, Middlesbrough fans. Mm. Which is quite rare for anyone we sign because normally they get abused by the club they've just left. So I'm actually quite worried but excited. It's like <laughs> we've got a good one now. Um, yeah, it should be a very interesting signing. Like I say, he knows the division like the back of his hand. He's had a lot of experience, had a little bit of Premier League experience with Cardiff as well. And um, he seems to be a player that Neil Warnock likes because he was at Cardiff with Neil and then he went to Middlesbrough with Neil. Unfortunately, he's another one who's suffered the uh, the wilder sword at Middlesbrough, along with Grant Hall. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to see what he can do. Mm. Yeah, and it's also a leader, Dylan. We've, we've now signed. We've got Woody who's a captain. We've got Grant Hall who's been a captain and can do the role, and Lee Peltier who's been a captain for years at Championship level. They're not just experienced players; they're they're clearly leaders of men, and that's what this this team needs. We're quite a lot of youth players, and not people who haven't played that much at this level. Yeah, just as as Danny was saying, I mean, I gave him a quick Google earlier when I when I saw the sign in. He's got something like 20, 25,000 minutes um, under his belt since he started. So you talk about experience. I don't think you'll get any more experience than that, especially championship level. That's definitely what we need. Um, so yeah, I think he'll he'll slot in nicely. Yeah, completely agree, Mick. We've got people. Hinchy says Pelty on a one-year deal, thirty-five years of age. He's not too keen on it. For me, at that age, one year makes makes perfect sense. You look at Woody. Woody's been on a one year contract for about thirty five years, I think. Yeah, it's just it just makes sense for that that age. And there's not it's, it's not a committal either, is it? I, I'm I'm going to say I'm surprised that people are moaning about it. I'm not, to be honest, I'm not surprised about that at all. But you know, it, it, it's a championship football. There's a championship central defender we've just signed. You know, as has just been pointed out there, vastly experienced. Um, and, and what's not to like? I, I don't. I, I, I genuinely, I don't. I don't know what what's not to like. Um, virtually every player that we've signed has got championship experience. That's the mm. first time I think that in, in any of the times that we've been up, that we've been able to do that, been in a position to do that. Um, so, listen, I, I think it's a great signing. Um, I think all of them have been so far. Obviously, time will tell as, as the season starts to. Um, take some sort of shape. We'll uh, we'll have a better idea, but on on paper, certainly, cracking cracking signing. Woody ain't going to be playing 30, 35, 40 games this season. It's just not going to happen. And therefore, we do need somebody with that level, calm head. Um, and we've got we've brought in a couple this week. Mm. Brilliant, top work. <laughs> Ian Bradley says we needed men, not boys, and I think that's important, Ben, because you signed Cameron Humphries as a kid. You signed Jim McCart, who is, I think, 25, but he's never played in England before and he's stepping up from the SPL, or whatever it is, to the, to the, to the championship. Uh, it, you need these guys along with those. You've got 
Kyoso was relatively young. Cone Bramble was relatively young. You need the, you, the these are underrated that signings, I think. Uh, yeah, it, I I think age is irrelevant in my opinion. Experience is what I mean. Experience, yeah, but like I said, whenever last podcast where experience is good if you're a good player, it could be bad experience. It could be I've had experience in the championship, but you were on, you know, worst team in league or something like that. Do you know what I mean? But we know that's not the case with these boys, don't we? Well, got relegated from Premier League. But so I've, so he's played in Premier League. Well, yeah, but got relegated. But listen, age for me is irrelevant. Someone said that 35 years, it's like, well, if he's a good enough player, he's a good enough player. No matter if he's 18 or 35. Mm. Look at Ronaldo, what is he, 36, still banging in goals. So it's age is irrelevant. That's a, 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 a misconception. Um, but yeah, uh, he needs leaders. But you don't know if he's a leader. Just because he's old doesn't mean he's a leader. He's been captain. Uh, he's been captain of Cardiff. He's been captain of Leeds. Well, I assume captain been, of Borough. Yeah, if he's been captain when Neil Warnock's manager, he's obviously a leader. So, yeah, I think Warnock signed him twice, maybe three times with Leeds, Cardiff, and. Uh, well, that's good Borough. enough for me. So that's that's a ringing endorsement, isn't it? Really, yes, that is, that is, but that's good enough. <laughs> and and Warney, I said in the past that he learned how to man manage from <clears throat> Neil Warnock's teaching. So if it, Neil Warnock signed him, like I said, two or three times, then it might fit Warney's sort of mould in how he approaches man mm. management as well. So yeah. if there's anybody who's going to get the best out of him, it's Warnock for one, and then probably Warney as well. Yeah. I think I probably agree. Liam McGarry says, I personally think that the squad is better in quality than last time in the Championship. It just lacks depth. Feeling positive, just want them to see, put 100% in till the end. Yeah. And I, I, I used to still see people whinging. And obviously, everybody's put the predictions out this week, Danny. They're 1-24s <laughs> of all three leagues and whatnot. And most people are putting us to get relegated because of our summer business. I don't think it's been too bad. I, I may be maybe a happy clapper, but... I don't think the business has been that bad this summer. If, if anything, I think it's been really good. Yeah, I do. And I mean, <clears throat> in terms of signing superstars and and like well-known names, yeah, we've not had a good window. You know, like, look at um, our opponents on Saturday Swansea, they've re-signed Joe Allen, mm. you know, Welsh international. So for them, that's a big marquee signing. But for us, we've never been, at least under one, a marquee signing sort of team. We've been a... Um, We'll sign him and get the best out of him, and that's worked out. I mean, all you need to do is look at Michael Smith. I know it's a little bit um, blasphemous to say his name these days, but Warney did a job with him. He took him from Barry's reserves and and took him to where he was with us. Unfortunately, he took a backward step, but that's his decision. Um, and that's why people tend to underestimate it. I mean, look at the start of League One last season. We everyone on the podcast, other than Mick underestimated us and we based it off the recruitment and not how we did on the pitch. Um, I'm interested um, if anyone's read Gab Sutton's prediction for his uh, Beck Victor piece. That's really good. Um, And he sort of outlines, yeah, we don't have the the strike force, if you like, but everywhere else he's getting more solid. And he's right. Defence is looking a lot better. Midfield is looking um, very good. One or two additions, possibly in midfield, more as cover and rotation more than anything. Um, and then maybe one or two strikers, and I think we'll be golden. But with people's predictions for Rotherham, it always falls under the umbrella of, oh, it's only little Rotherham, they'll go back down. That's that's an easy decision. They'll be in relegation yeah. places. And look at the podcast with us and a lot of Rotherham fans, they have predicted us to stay up. 
it's because we know the team and we know how Warren operates. And so we, we've seen him week in, week out and we have a better understanding of it. But I think with the outside bubble, it's just, nice it's Rotherham, they'll go back down. They've been doing it since 2016-17, so they'll go back down, that's fine. Mm. But I like to be underestimated, which means we'll, we'll catch people out and um, and surprise a few, which is always nice, because then you get the hashtags on Twitter, you know, that teams like Rotherham should be beating them, and it'll be glorious. <laughs> Love them. Uh, Ian Brandon says we're virtually bottom of all the predictions. Uh, there's a coverage of YouTube and Mick hates it with a passion. Uh, so the ones that I've seen are Gabe Sutton, as Danny mentioned, gets us to step by one place. Not the top 20, I think, puts us third bottom. The second tier have put us rock bottom. Uh, and those are the three main ones, the three key ones I've sort of seen so far. Um, I see, they, has there any other, Danny, that you've seen? Any sort of major ones? They're the three <laughs> ones that I've seen. Um, I've seen a couple knocking about on YouTube. I mentioned it on the last podcast, uh, the Irish guy. He's got us staying up mm. because um, he honestly reckons that Joe Ogbeni will do a job and, you know, third time looking for Warren, building his own team. Um, and I agree with him. I think it will be third time lucky. Mm. I hope so. I very much hope so. Um, Jalen Sims are back on the defensive situation. Jalen Sims says, I think we'll alternate, alternate between Wood and Peltier. I think I'd, I'd haul in there as well, Dylan. Those three will probably, none of those three will probably play 46 games this season. It will just be fitting and changing of who's fit, how many games we've played and etc. Yeah, I think, I mean, with with the ages that they are, you know, you can't expect them to play all the games in the season. Um, even some of the younger lads, you know, we were looking at playing as many games as we did last season and some of the lads were knackered. Um, you heard it on Moment of Truth. When he was speaking to Shane Ferguson and and Wiles and Chio, so especially with age, you know you've got you've got to take your rest well. So I think I think there'll be there'll be swapping probably every other game. Um, but yeah, it's I, I think we've got good depth now. I mean, if you if you'd asked me this two three weeks ago when we had about one defender, <laughs> I'd, I'd I'd have been saying there's not a chance. But you know we've we've built it up now. I think we're in a good position defensively. Mm. Completely agree. I've seen comments appear, Danny. I don't know if you know anything. Alfie Mawson has been linked with us. Um, have you heard anything? Are we, are we giving any credence to that? Um, only speculation, as far as I'm aware. Um, yeah. <clears throat> I know that one striker that we missed out on was a loan signing, and it's because we weren't willing to pay what the parent club mm. wanted the, the percentage of his wages to be, which I think is... Um, Testament to us, like we won't be able to able to ransom if you're if we want to pay forty percent, but you're wanting us to pay seventy percent, mm. and you're not shifting on it, then we'll walk away. And I quite like that because it means we're standing the ground. You know, we're not coming to the other players in a desperate attempt to try and sign somebody. It's just if it's not right for us, we just won't do it. Which I quite like. I know mm. Tony gets criticism for that way of business, but I personally like it. <laughs> mm. I'm happy with it. Um... Yeah. Again, you know, all we are happy clappers, but very happy with it. Um, right, we are going to now bring in, now we're going to start the scouting report. We've even got a new little jingle for it. How exciting is this? New season, new jingle. <laughs> there we go. Uh, Tom is joining us from Total Swan City. How's it going, Tom? Um, well, guys, how are you all doing? Not bad. Thank you very much. 
Um, first of all, how excited the season starts in a couple in a few days? It's, I can't wait personally. It seemed like it's come around pretty quick, to be honest. Um, obviously, given throughout the summer we've had no no real international football other than the the women's Euros, but um, whereas we should have had a World Cup, we haven't quite been treated to that. But yeah, it seemed to come around pretty sharp. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Really excited. Um, how let's talk about Swansea. Also, what you're into? Tell us about Swansea. How has pre-season gone? How has the transfer market treated you so far? What's what's it, what Swansea's it looking like at the minute? Um, I think, to be fair, our squad's probably looking pretty much the same as it was back end of last season. Um, a few of the youngsters have come back from loan, which were out on loan in like League One last year. Um, we brought in Joe Allen, which has been a fantastic addition. Uh, we brought in uh, Matty Sirinola, I believe, who was at MK Dons in the 2020-21 season. Um, which would have been, I think you guys would have been in, in the championship that year, so you probably don't know too much about him. Uh, Nathan Wood, who you probably, no, not Nathan Wood, um, Harry Darling, who you probably do know from last season with MK Dons. Um, but yeah, probably the biggest incoming so far has probably been Joe Allen returning to the club. Um, he's not fit for, for Saturday, so he's uh, he won't be starting against you guys. Um but yeah, it's, it's been it's been quite good. Obviously, we lost Flynn Downs to West Ham as soon as a Premier League club comes knocking, um, and he's a Hammers boy, born and bred as well. So yeah, it's it's been quite quiet. Um, we've got sort of our most of our business done early, and you know a lot of youngsters coming in, uh, other than the likes of Joe Allen, really. So yeah, a bit of a uh, little bit of experience, but a lot of uh, hopefully youth prospects for the future. So transfer window's been all right. Um, as far as preseason, I had to write down a load of our results actually because I haven't been uh, I haven't been keeping up with preseason too much because all all of our home games have been behind closed doors. Whereas I would normally normally go to a few of the games, but I believe the the pitch has been ripped up uh, and relayed for the for the start of the new season. So um, started off seven 0 win against Haverford West. So yeah, pretty dominant win against uh, a, a tiny little club. Um, Colchester two games lost the first game two 0 Won the second game 1-0, beat Forest Green Rovers 3-2, drew one all with Plymouth, and then beat Bristol Rovers 3-2. So yeah, some some decent results. Um it's pretty much just getting getting fitness up, obviously. Uh getting the ball at the feet. And uh, a lot of our youngsters have been starting. Um Michael Obafemi was away with international duty um right at the start of preseason. So he didn't he didn't really start, but um yeah, it's been all right. Um, I think I was able to watch and stream the, the Plymouth game. Um, I think I watched the Forest Green game as well. But other than that, as I say, the, all the home games have been behind closed doors. So it's just been waiting for the, the highlights to come out. Mm. And with highlights, you don't really get you know a comprehensive uh, view of the game. So, yeah, a bit of a different preseason. But it's, it's gone quite well. Um, just hopefully all the players are fit now, ready for the start of the season. Mm. Yeah. Um, Russell Martin's obviously the man in charge. It felt like last season, even though we were in League One, it felt like last season was a massive transition season for you for Swansea from obviously the people in charge. And Russell Martin's got a set way of playing; it's very specific. Uh, yeah. I feel like it, it didn't take off at all last season. And then is, is the pressure on him to go this season fairly big? Um, I'd say like his excuse. I say his excuse. His his words in every press conference, sort of at the start of the season, was we didn't have a preseason. Uh, Cooper Cooper left us for Forest, um, sort of with like two weeks to go before the start of the season. Uh, Russell Martin and the coaching team came in uh, a week before the start of the season. 
um, and you could quite clearly see, you know, first sort of five, six games, um, things, you know, it wasn't gelling immediately, sort of people use the cliche of the Swansea way, um, which we had for many seasons, but, um, you know, possession football, passing football, you know, winning games sort of 1-0, 2-1, you know, very tight margins, but dominating the, the match on stats. Uh, it did take a while, um, but it, I'd say it probably clicked, probably clicked around November time. We ran like a decent, I don't think we went, I think it was one point throughout the season where we went uh, two or three games on the bounce winning. Mm. That only happened the once. Um, obviously, we finished finished fifteenth, so uh, probably one of our lowest finishes in the championship. Since you know whether we were in it prior to the Premier League or or post Premier League era, one of our lowest finishes. Um, but we've got quite a, a patient fan base. Whereas mm. if we if we if a manager comes in, sets out exactly what he wants. Um, the fans, you know, are behind them as well. Then, you know, we are quite patient. I don't think there was many people, other than you know, your sort of your internet trolls on Twitter who are calling for for Martin out after every defeat. Um, it, it took a little while to gel, as I say, but um, you could clearly see, you know, majority of games we were dominant throughout the season. Um, I think most passes in the league, maybe Fulham, may have just pipped us to it, but um, obviously stats don't win games. Well, one of them does, but. Uh, you've got to put the ball in the net more than the opposition. But yeah, it, it was looking promising um, and it it should be building for this season. So so hopefully um, a much more um, you know successful season this year, whether we'll finish you know in the playoffs or not. But uh, it would be nice to be at the top end of the table for most of the season rather than uh, mid-table and, and lower. Mm. Um, let's talk about the big giant Irish elephant in the room that Swansea have been linked with, Georg Benny. Um, what's the, your fans? View? I know I, we all know we we know Rodman's fans' views. What's the view? And is, is it is that like a massive carrot to go and get, or is it just somebody you've been linked with and it'd be nice if you got him? Uh, I think it's more of just paper talk. Um, you know, to be fair, I only I only whether I make a video on YouTube afterwards of a player signing, I only make them when something's been confirmed. I don't mm. prepare my videos for when they come in. If somebody comes in. Uh, I'll do my final bit of research on them. I'll put a video out, you know, new transfer coming in, talk about the player a bit. But um, for me, I I don't pay much attention to to paper talk and sort of Twitter rumours. There's only maybe two uh, journalists on Twitter that I trust as far as sort of our, our league and, and Swansea-based, uh, Welsh-based journalists, um, sort of like Ian Mitchell-Moore. He's one of probably, if he says some, somebody's coming in, they tend to come in. Yeah. Um, same as if he says someone's going out, then they generally are going out. But uh, honestly, I couldn't tell you anything about him. Um, nothing at all. I, like I say I just don't pay attention to uh, to paper talk until things are confirmed. Like style. Like style. style. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> mate. Yeah. <laughs> um, so let's move on to Saturday and what to expect from you. I assume, like you've talked about Russell Martin's style, you, I assume you're a team that tries to play out from the back and try and keeps it neat and tidy. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I think we conceded an own goal. Uh, it might have been against Plymouth or the Bristol game. Um, Harry Darling scored an own goal because we were passing out from the back. Uh, Andy Fisher wasn't ready for the ball to come back to him. And yeah, we scored an own goal within about 10 yards of our own goal. So just a simple pass, no real pressure on it. But yeah, playing out from the back, um, you know, time, timely built up play, um, picking your pass if asked to go back to the goalkeeper six times before it reaches the halfway line. That's just sort of how these players are being drilled to play. Um, yeah, heavily possession football. You 
probably, I say it most times, you're probably not going to see an awful lot of the football, to be fair to you guys. Um, and that's, you know, that's no disregard to any quality you guys have. That's just how we play. Um, like I say, we'll play six or seven passes between the centre-backs, the right-back and the goalkeeper before the ball even touches a midfielder's, uh, midfielder's boot. So, um, yeah, well, you know, we do play, some people would get frustrated with it as an opposition fan, or you played crap football, um, you know, you're not, you know, doing enough attacking, but we we, we pick our opportunities. Um, and yeah, we're not going to get 20 shots uh, at goal most games, well, probably any game to be fair to that. But, um, you know, out of say the eight or nine shots, we'll get hopefully at least a few of them go in the back of the net. So it is, yeah, heavily dominant um, possession and passing football, um, a few chances and yeah, try and get a goal or two during the game. So yeah, uh, as I say, you probably won't see an awful lot of the ball. Um, I think there's only a handful of games last season where um, we didn't have majority of the of the ball during the 90 minutes, uh, and some of those we even won. You know, we sort of had like 40 percent possession, and we only won two one or one nil. Um, but then most of those games where we have most of the ball it doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to win the game. Um, it would be nice if it, if that was the case, but yeah, that's, it doesn't happen often enough, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, Lee McGowan in the comments says, "Sounds like it could be a nil-nil." <laughs> yeah, very, very likely it could could very well be a nil-nil. <laughs> um, hopefully not. And I, I'm sure you guys are hoping it's not as well. But um, it's it's a tidy little fixture for us to uh, to start the season off with. I think um, you know, newly promoted teams a good challenge in itself. Um, you know, rather than the last few years, sort of bouncing up and down between League One and the Championship. Um, I think we've got a pretty good record against you guys as well, so hopefully that'll that'll stand stand instead uh, for Saturday. Um, but yeah, a, a sort of you know again, no offense, but if it was a fixture I could have picked uh, for the start of the season, it you know, rather than probably would have been one of one of the top three fixtures um, to open the season. Mm, yeah. I get that, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like I say, I, I mean no offense when I say these things, but yeah, it would, you know, it, it would have been probably one of the the, the favorite uh, fixtures to choose. Yeah, well, that makes sense to us. Oh, we get it. We, we know where we are. Um, to, pick out a couple of players for us. You know, who should we look for? Is it Joel Piero who got like twenty odd goals last season? I assume he's going to be. If there's a goal, yeah, fight, it's going to be him. Yeah. Uh, I think he's 22 years old, so he's still a very young player. Uh, his mm. first season in England last year, uh, and he bagged 24 goals in all competitions. I think it was 22 in the league. Um, very prolific, got a brilliant left foot, uh, scored scored an absolute worldie against Blackpool last season with his right foot, mm. um, sort of 20, 25 yards out of the box, straight into the top corner, sort of no movement on the ball. Um, he doesn't need a lot of space to, to, to you know to, to turn and get, and get a shot. Uh, whether he's got his back to goal, he's very dangerous as well. Um, score, so he scored a few with his head. Majority of them, as I say, come with his left foot. But um, Michael Ogbefemi, um, for uh, Perot, he's a very different role to what he's used to. He plays a lot deeper. He will drop back to defence, uh, play the ball through the midfield, pick it up again, and drive forward. Um, as I say, Ogbefemi, a lot smaller lower centre of gravity, bit quicker on the ball, um, very dangerous as well. His attitude last season and his sort of um, performances took a very long time to to click. Um, yeah. There's a few st uh, strong words, I think, from Russell Martin uh, to Michael Obafemi last year. He was dropped from a few games, sort of turning up the training late. His attitude just wasn't there um, mm. for the first half of the season. And then, yeah, come come sort of Christmas, he he turned it around. I think he finished the season on 12, 12 league goals. Um, so 
you know, if he was firing on all cylinders from the start, then we could have been much higher up uh, up the league. Um, midfield, Jamie Patterson, he's going to be heavily involved uh, in most most of our goal scoring this season. I think he got himself eight goals last year, um, a handful of assists as well. Brilliant player, really really exciting player, and thankfully we managed to tie him down on a lot on a uh, extended contract till twenty twenty four because um, there was an awful lot of uh, transfer rumours in January. Um, he actually sat out about five or six games. Um, I think his agent was sort of pushing for him to to leave the club and it sort of just messed messed with uh, Patterson. Um, but yeah, brilliant player, really, really good player, uh, versatile, strong, strong in going forward, scores some goals when you do, you know, you're not expecting him to score. Um, yeah, as I say, Joe Allen coming back. Again, our midfield with along with Matt Grimes, it's just going to be lots and lots of passes this season, and um, probably have a very high success pass rate again. Um, defensively, Darling is everyone's excited about him coming in. Um, we did have Ryan Bennett, but didn't really feature at all last year. He's more of like a no-nonsense defender, um, not brilliant with the ball at his feet. But you know, if you need someone six foot plus defending on corners, then he's sort of your man. Um, but I think. Our, our centre back pairing, or even our defence, must have been one of the shortest in the league last year. We conceded quite a few from from corners and uh, and sort of set pieces, but uh, yeah, I mean, defensively we should be pretty strong uh, this year. We got Andy Fisher in goals. Where last season we were chopping and changing uh, between the two goalkeepers um, as to you know who was going to be number one. Uh, he's been given the number one jersey now. Uh, Stephen Bender has come back uh, to the club. Uh, uh, well, he was out on loan last season, so he's come back. Um, so yeah, I, I'm pretty confident we've got a, a pretty strong squad. Um, it, obviously, any anybody's squad could be stronger, um, but it's look it's looking good without really breaking the bank and spending spending much money because our owners just don't put much money into the club. We sort of balance the books, uh, have a few players going out, and then maybe bring in somebody from like like Joel Perot. I think we paid just over a million for him. Mm-hmm. Um, if you'd asked anybody prior to him joining or being linked with us who Joe Pirro was, nobody would have known. Um, but yeah, probably one of the best forwards in the league last year, um, mm-hmm. obviously excluding the likes of Mitrovic and a few of the Bournemouth players. But yeah, really prolific. So yeah, I, I'm expecting him to get 20 plus goals again this season uh, and hopefully a few of the other players as well, as I've mentioned, can uh, can pick up the pieces and, and you know get us a lot higher up the table because 15th, for for Swansea City just really isn't good enough. But as I say, there wasn't really any pressure on Russell Martin uh, from the fan base or the ownerships. I don't think last year. So yeah, we've got. Like I say we've got a good squad, some very very key danger men, um, and then hopefully the youngsters like the likes of Ben Cabango uh, defensively was brilliant last year. So yeah, hopefully hopefully we've got a good mix of players that can uh, can, can have a pretty successful season. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I fancy Swansea this season. I don't know why, but I do fancy him to have a good season. Um, yeah, before we let you go, what, give us a score <laughs> prediction. I assume you're going to be confident. <laughs> uh, score prediction. Um, I'll be very optimistic. I can't see it really happening, but I'll go for a 3-1 Swans. I think, uh, as I say, you guys, really good season last year. Um, scored, a, scored a lot of goals. I think he finished like 90-something points, 90 points, was it, last season? Yeah. Um, so you guys, obviously, promoted teams, they're used to winning, as long as they don't swap too much of the squad around. Um, you know, that that's sort of squad cohesion is there, the success is still there. Um, it's all positives with the fans and things. And you're, you're you know, you guys are at home, so 
it won't be an easy game um but i'll i'll, I'll go for an optimistic uh 3-1 swans win to start the season that would be nice i hope you're wrong is <laughs> <laughs> uh, there anything else you want to ask tom before we let him go no, nothing from me. I think it's pretty comprehensive, that Tom. To be fair, yeah. <laughs> really comprehensive, mate. Any of uh, any of you guys backing yourselves for Saturday? Yes, but only our optimism, <laughs> really. <laughs> <laughs> from our point of view, the fact you play out from the back suits us perfectly. We like to get a team, we like to press teams, right. and also you mentioned last season you were slow or not very good from set pieces. We have yeah, been yeah. very good in set So it's going to be a very interesting matchup because what you, where you play sort of suits us, but you're obviously very good at the way you play. Otherwise, you won't play that way. So yeah, yeah, mm, bit of a clash. Yeah, style. it'll definitely be an interesting match. Um, I'll probably be doing a live stream for it on my channel and, and watching the game as well. So it'll be it'll be interesting. So yeah, looking forward to it. But uh, other than Saturday and obviously the reverse fixture, I, I wish you guys the best this year, <laughs> and hopefully you guys can stay up. Um, yeah. Because there are a handful of teams I'd much rather go down than than run that way. <laughs> I can think of one. I can go with a couple. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right, so if anybody can't go to game, Tom's going to watch along. So you go to Total Swans TV and want to watch the Swans side of it. Join him on his YouTube channel. Um, appreciate you doing this, Tom. And we'll yeah. speak to you whenever we. I can't know. I don't want to play next, but we'll speak to you when we play next. Yeah, no bother. Yeah, give me a shout. I'll uh, happily jump on again. That's no problem at all. Perfect, mate. Good luck Fantastic. for the rest of the season after Saturday. Yeah. Cheers, guys. <laughs> Cheers, mate. Thank you. Cheers, Thank Tom. you. Bye. Thank you, Tom, to that. Uh, yeah, looking forward to Saturday, Mick. Um, as I mentioned to Tom, that that way of playing suits us. Oh, yeah. Thank you. That's <laughs> great. Against, well, this, this is the thing, in it? It works against teams who don't do it very well. If you can mm. play through the press, then it becomes a very difficult afternoon for us. So the question is, what's it going to look like for them, I suppose? It is, um, but you know, it's it's very easy to be critical of other teams, particularly when you've not seen them play. And you know yeah. what I mean. Um, however, you know, if, if it's talking about six, seven, eight, ten passes between defenders before they can find a find a way out, then that's not in my head. I don't see that as being a particularly good way of playing your football. You know, you're wasting wasting huge amounts of time just trying to look for an opportunity and what happens when that opportunity doesn't arrive because you've got you're, you're playing against a high energy high pressing team um that's possibly where they ended up going wrong last season and, and i love these teams that, uh, that that sort of have this footballing philosophy of we're going to play it out from back we're going to play it out from back no matter what yeah you know i, I mean it's brilliant bring it on bring it on listen they may they may well play through our press and pick us off five or six times on saturday but they might not either. Yeah. Um, you know, you've got to be very, very good at it. And there's very few teams in this in this country, with the exception of probably the top two in Premier League, that are any good at it consistently. Yeah, yeah absolutely. To James Finn in New York, and he should say thanks to Tom for doing that. We always like these. I do like this guy, but we should have carried on last season. We just sort of lost track of everything. Um, but anyway, we'll, we'll keep doing that. We've already got a couple lined up for the next few weeks. Shall we cover Moment of Truth before we properly cover Saturday? Because um, there's some parts that need covering. Um, <laughs> how far are we? Are, are we are all those guys watched, listened to all five? Or have we at least watched? No, I've only, I've only listed the first no. one. I've only listed number 11. Okay. Fair enough. Dylan, how far have you got? 
Uh, I saw the uh, I saw the talk on Twitter earlier on, so I thought to give uh, episode eleven a listen, but I did. I don't think I got to the to the point, so yeah. I'm not I'm not too too clued up. But okay. <laughs> no worries. Um, we'll cover the positive bits in a minute, but I don't I don't like talking about this, but it's got to be talked about. Carl Robinson at the game at New York Stadium. Carl Robinson is is portrayed as the villain. And some fans have clearly taken it too far, as some fans did last season. Uh, there were some homophobic words, some really terrible comments about his dad. Uh, I think there was, I think he had listened to comments about the Hillsborough disaster as well in there somewhere. It was just some crazy words that I didn't expect to hear, Danny. I was really you know, when when they gave the when they gave the trailer in episode ten, and Carl was saying, I was thinking, God, please don't. I hope that's not us. And it turns out it is those it's some idiots behind the way dugout that have just idiots. Yeah, get them gone. We don't need that in football. <clears throat> um, I mean, even Robinson calls them out on mm. some of the language that they use directed at himself. But now, I, I don't. <laughs> Carl Robinson isn't the most liked manager, especially yeah. from his antics on the touchline. But to take it that far isn't right and should never be taken that far to make it to make it personal towards him is taking it too far calling him what the fans call him who don't repeat on youtube is taking it too far you can have a go at him hmm. but not be disrespectful by doing it you, know, you can have a go at someone you don't like but don't be disrespectful towards him and the fact that robinson had to elevate it beyond the stewards and was and was telling it to the police it just shows how far it's gone and it should never go that far. In all honesty, after listening to the Moment of Truth podcast, I think everyone's opinion of Carl Robinson has changed because you've seen the genuine bloke behind the front that he puts on and it's like, actually, he doesn't deserve anything he gets. Mm. And to those fans who um, did abuse him in that way, if you have listened to the Moment of Truth podcast and you know it's you that's done that, don't come to New York Stadium again because we don't need you here. Correct. Power UK says he's fuming once the fans gone. Daryl Allen seems to point out right that the Leeds fans are the minority, not the majority. Obviously, it doesn't make it any better at all. It's awful. It doesn't represent the most of our fan base. No, you're right. It doesn't. Um, Mick, I've sort of run out of things to say. I'm sort of a bit flabbergasted so that it was us. Um, but what are your thoughts on it? I'm not surprised. It didn't surprise me one little bit. You know, when you see the behaviour of some people, not just Rotherham United supporters, just football supporters in general, you know what I mean? Um, so it, it, this is not something. Whilst this has happened at Rotherham United, and it, and, this, and it's absolutely unforgivable, quite honestly. Um, but it happens up and down the country. Saturday after Saturday after Saturday, Tuesday after Tuesday. You know what I mean? Um, and, and some people seem to think that it's acceptable, but clearly it's not. It's just. It's just. I, I don't want to part. I don't want it to be a part of my club. You know what I mean? Um, I, I've I've criticised Carl Robinson in the past many many times, um, and unjustifiably so. Absolutely, yeah, and I will yeah. absolutely yeah. stick my hand up and say I was absolutely unjustified in the criticism of him. But it was never personal insults; it was just mm. literally Mickey taking because for, for whatever reason, you know what I mean, for footballing reasons. Um, but I was absolutely completely wrong. Um, these people hopefully, hopefully, 
might recognise the fact that they were involved in this and how pathetic and childish it is. Fingers crossed. If they don't recognise that, then hopefully with the, they'll get a ban anyway and uh, we won't mm. see inside of New York again. Because yeah. that, that's the only option, really. Uh, New York in the comments says, but who's who's any right to tell fans not to go? It's a bit harsh. When you're being homophobic, you don't come to yeah. the end of discussion. Homophobic racism, any other of the bad things, you don't go. You shouldn't, you shouldn't do that. That's not acceptable. If, if you got found guilty of doing it, you were banned. So that's why we're saying don't go, because you're not mm-hmm. welcome. The law would tell you you're not welcome if you're doing those things. That's Susan telling you, the law. Listen, I mean, ultimately, if you, if, if, if you think that's funny and think that's acceptable, how you managed to find your way through a turnstile in the first place is a, is a mystery to me, to be honest. So, you know, it, all we need to do is put another turnstile and they'll never get through, they'll never work it out, will they? So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, ben, Dylan, anything you want to add on this? It's a... Not that we want to talk about, but obviously needed. We needed to. No, it's 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 all been covered already. It's there's no place for it in football. Um, mm. No matter how much you dislike someone, you know you don't you don't go around throwing them words about. Hundred percent. Mm-hmm. And like Mick says, it turns out Carl Robinson's quite a nice chap, uh, which, which is unfortunate. I don't like oh, no. the fact he's nice, but he is. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so good luck to Oxford, I suppose, for the season ahead. I suppose that's mm. what I should say. Um, before we move on, JB says, last plug for the Georgie Kelly single on the Tony Towner trio that's on iTunes, Spotify, whatever that is. It's a good laugh. It is good. Um, and if you've not got to the end of Moment of Truth, the last two episodes are brilliant. The way the, the 14th episode leads into the 15th episode and the goal itself, beautiful. Uh Took me right back to that hot Gillingham stand. It did. I don't know why. I was at work, and when it when it got to the commentary on the George Kelly bit, I was nearly in tears because all the emotions <laughs> came back. It was like I'm trying to rake up bits of grass that I've trimmed. I'm nearly crying here. Bloody hell! <laughs> yeah. Um, Danny, do you prefer the Matt Goodwin commentary or the Sky commentary? Since you've listened to the episode so far. Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I suppose Sky's commentary is definitely the more professional way that they've done it. Yeah. You know, um, and here's a chance to see that it's done. It's very well professional, very well spoken, and is certainly the one for like the broader brush of football fans, if you like. Mm, yes. But Matt Goodwin just screaming, it's Kelly, just does it every <laughs> single time. That's, that, sums up, that sums up the game and Rotherham's feelings towards him because it's a shame you can't actually visualise it through the podcast but whenever it's the X Kelly bit I always picture the Rotherham fans pointing just before yeah. and there's just that sudden explosion of emotion, yeah. it's like yes, perfect, so for me it's Matt Goodwin all the way Yeah, I'm with you, good luck Matty yeah, um, Right I think what we've done then is built everything up to be positive <clears throat> now what we're going to do, we take it down a notch I'm going to ref watch so, um... <laughs> Um, the referee for Saturday is Matthew Donahue. Um, he's got a good first name. I think that's the only good thing about him, to be honest with you. Uh, he's refed us four times. We've won one of those. Uh, we lost the other three. The most notable... There's two notable games. He refed us against Reading when we lost 3-0. And there was issues with the linesman. I'm not going to blame him for that one. Uh, but he did ref us against Swansea at Swansea in the lockdown championship season. 
and didn't give a, an extremely blatant handball. And I think apologised after the game to Paul One. I think I'm right in saying he apologised afterwards. Um, Mick Rant or... Well, I mean, let's be fair, that apology obviously were worth it, weren't it? You know, because we got the three points back and, um, and, and we were happy. I know we didn't, did we? My apologies. It were worthless. My apologies. <laughs> Completely and utterly worthless, much like all the other apologies that we got during the course of that season. Completely and absolutely worthless. Um, now, uh, th- listen, let's wait while Saturday. He might have improved since then. <laughs> oh God! Let, let, let's start as we mean to go on this season. We might as well have, you know, like, the only thing that the only way it could have been worse on Saturday would be to have Gavin Ward. So, um, you know, that'll come. Oh, yeah, exactly. Would you have that? Well, we could have had Kettle, Kettle could come out of retirement for one game. True. Could have had yeah, I could have done. Yeah. Would you, who would you yeah. rather have, Mick Kettle or what, Gavin Ward? Uh, at this level, Kettle. I'll tell you why, because he'd be incompetent for both sides. Um, so so I don't I don't have any issue with that. What, my my issue with it, with all this last the last time we were in the championship was that the incompetence week in, week out seemed to just go one way and that was the issue. Mm. I, I, a big shout out actually to the IUFC as well for um for putting out or retweeting his um his series of refereeing blunders just from from the uh, championship season last time just to uh, just to get it all in the mood for this season. It brought back so much PTSD looking through that. It yeah, was... it did. It did me as well. <laughs> I did. Uh, yeah, it's, um, um, you do. Let's cover some refereeing changes. If anyone wants to know, the new referees kit is up on the EFL website. I don't know why that's on there, but it is. There is a new kit. Um, what what colour is it? What colour like, is whatever it? Color, whatever colour our opposition's wearing. I thought I'd get that one in. Yeah. Um, we know that the big one really is the five-sub rule. We now got five subs. Still seven subs available on the bench, uh, but five are able to come on. The concussion rule, I'm not sure was in the EFL last season, but the, if it was, it's still in there. Um, according to this, there must be a green card given um, when, when, when the player is taken off from concussion. This is from the EFL website. Um, don't know. Just passing it along. Uh, I don't if have you're interested, card again... in set. <laughs> <laughs> got these from the Orioles, and they will be used at New York on Saturday. Trust me. Like it. Uh, <laughs> there is a tweak in the penalty law um, where, when taking a penalty, the oh, goalkeeper gosh. is allowed one foot behind the line. Again, I'm just sort of passing this information on. A lot of this is irrelevant, but we're just sort of clarifying anything. Hey, wait, um, no, Matt. Are you saying the EFL making irrelevant rules make things more complex than they need to be? You're not saying that, are you? That's the not the EFL, order. is it? Would you like me to read this next sentence on the threshold of a foul? Oh, no, here we go. The updated oh. guidance on a, on a oh, foul. God. And, I'm getting my cards ready for this statement. This is bringing down a tone to us, really, but... This is the first line is threshold on the pitch. This is to go with the foul. Contact is an acceptable part of football, and contact alone does not mean there is a foul. Wow. They've seen sense. Oh my god. What? <laughs> That's directly from the EFL website. I've read that for you. Um but are you sure? I I could send you the link. Um 
Yeah. What, what's um, just as, as a matter of interest, you know, once we get through into match it there, what's Alan Shearer going to say? <laughs> to say no. it, it, it's going to struggle, isn't he? He's going to have no contact. Well, there was contact. He had every right to go down. I'm sorry. <laughs> Yeah. I, I, I mean, know, if it's full description, it is on the FOS. I'm going to read those a couple more sentences, but it basically, that's the gist. Um, and there's also going to clamp down on time-wasting. Again, <laughs> the statement reads that referees will work it, together with players taking a proactive and stepped management to approach, reduce, undue delay. Isn't, isn't the rule uh, that, 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 that you have to make eye contact? With the that's the multi-ball point. system in the Premier League. Right, cool. So if you're the ball boy and your team's winning, you're just going to do this, aren't you? <laughs> and look the other way. Or if you're, if you're playing, you're walk times. It's funny, but let's move on. <laughs> um, oh, anything God. to add on those rule tweaks from anybody? Well, I, well, I mean, well, <laughs> why do we have to explain that contact is part of the game? Why is that actually? Why do we have to explain that? At what point did it ever not become part of the game? At some point, it clearly did, because because that rule clearly came in at some stage. Nobody were told about it. Just referees decided that if there were any contact, it were it were a foul. That that that's crept in. But the the fact that they need that they, they feel the need to 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 explain that and to put that in in black and white. Why? It's never been part of the game, that, ever. And the only people, the only people that make it part of the game are the referees. They're the, they're the only people that implement this as soon as it's the strongest to win, it's a foul. You know what I mean? That, they're the people that implement this. Why, why have we got to have it in black and white? We all know. Don't put it in black and white, just implement the rules. And likewise with time wasting, why have we got to clamp down on it? Why not just do your job? Implement the rules that you're supposed to implement. I knew we'd get a big run. I knew yeah, we'd get. I know, one. but come on, mate. Listen, listen. <laughs> I, 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 I fully accept how, how difficult a job that is, and I, I honestly, I would stand my hand, stand my hand up, and there's no way that I would do that job. No way on this earth. However, however. There are a clear set of guidelines. Well, there used to be a clear set of guidelines. They just muddy waters. It seems to muddy waters every season now to make it more complicated, don't they? But just do your job. You know, if it's a foul, it's a foul. If it's time wasting, it's time wasting. Penalise it. Deal with it. Let's not have a, you know, well, we'll, we'll deal with time wasting for the first three games of the season and then we'll just all let it all pass again when everybody's forgotten about it. Oh, yeah, it'll only last for four or five games. Yeah. yeah. Um. Gareth Angels will be ripping out his lovely locks to, because of that. Yeah, that doesn't suit Gareth Angels with that time-wasting stuff. Um, and Total Swans says, thank you for having him on. Thank you, Tom, from Total Swans, yeah. for coming on. Um, let's go through a couple of stats before we go on to what we think will happen. Mix, again, Mick likes this bit. We just advise, we can say one win in our last seven games against Swansea, and that was in 2018 when Ryan Manning, who now plays for Swansea, scored two penalties. Uh, this is the first time we've ever met on the opening day of the season and Rotherham have not won on the opening day of the season in the second tier at home since 1981. Now, that's a very specific stat, that last one. But How many times have we played at home? Uh, never. I ain't checked. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't played since 1981 at home, I guess. <laughs> I can think of three offhand, all that we didn't win. Oh, no. <clears throat> you do research, Ben. 
I know, I'm just saying that stats can make you... If we hadn't played at home since 1981, that stat makes us look really bad, when in reality it's not. We've at least four or five, at least three or four, sorry. There's at least three or four. The one that sticks out to me is Brentford. Was it Brentford? Brentford was away. We lost uh, two. We drew to Wolves under Stubbs. Two, two, yeah. We lost to MK Dons 4-1 under Steve mm-hmm. Evans in his final season. Um, we lost to somebody in, in, in Ronnie Moore. At least one we lost to one. Drew another two. There's, there's so, there are some, Ben. That makes you happy. Okay. I was just trying <laughs> to ask that question because it, that's a very misleading stat sometimes. Stats can be misleading. I'm just making sure it's a valid start. It's a valid start. Move on, mate. Move on, mate. Um, yeah. If you're just listening, tuning in for the first time to New York Talk for the new season, this is exactly what it's like every week. This is not. <laughs> <open>. <laughs> um, yes, so, yes, yes. The, ha- the happy clappers keep everybody in line with Stats Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Um, so, how is it going? How are we going to look on Saturday, Dylan? Let's go from back to front. Let's do a squad prediction. Start with the keepers. It's a tough one because Victor's played more minutes, and he played the last game. He played the last friendly against Crew, the last friendly we knew about. But Vickers was number one before his injury. Does does he have the? Does Victor have the gloves, or does Vickers? He was there in the first place. Um, for me, from what I've seen in preseason, I'd I'd still give it to. To Josh, because I mean, right in front of that goal at Donny at preseason, he made that save, like flying across the goal. It, it's clear that he's got class. Um, well, I'd, I'd say both keepers have got class, but from what he showed at the end of last season and and what he showed so far in preseason, um, I think I think we start Vickers. Mm. I think that's fair to be honest with you, Ben. I, I, you know I hate predicting teams because it's impossible. <laughs> I've been at training ground for the past month. Ben, <laughs> I'm going to say a question. Can I change the question? Yeah, go on. What? If you're not going to predict and you're going to complain about all my stats, why are you here? <laughs> I don't know. I'd say Victor just because he's a nice guy. That's the least Ben comment I've ever heard. He's a nice guy. He's more valid than saying because it's impossible. I, I have not been at the training ground. I haven't seen how they've progressed. I haven't seen how they've come back. I haven't seen what the fitness is like. I don't know what the risk of injury is like. I don't know how they're feeling mentally. I don't know how motivated they are. I don't know how. It's impossible. It's, it's, it's genuinely impossible to predict who's going to play. Yeah, it's in a minute, you'll happily give me a well, score prediction. Well, it's not I'll give genuinely impossible. Yeah. I, I did it at least three times last season. I won three, three, three free pints from Fanub. So, yeah. it, it's not impossible. It's just unlikely. <laughs> Listen, Ben, he asked me what I thought Matt Donahue were going to do on Saturday. How am I supposed to know? I've not been. I've not seen him for last season. That's I don't know what team he's going to I don't even know whether he's read new EFL rules. different. You can guarantee what they're going to be like because it's size at club we are. You can guarantee what they're going to be like. It's going to be bad. Um, obviously, if it says let's start Mackenzie Ward, he's a nice guy, his dad's a nice guy. Do it. There you go. Why not? Why not? Yeah. Uh, Mick, Danny, toss of a coin, or do you think Vickers has had the shirt, get the shirt, or Victor? I thought, I thought, um, I thought Victor had had the shirt from the bulk of the uh, the preseason, to be honest, in, in my head. Uh, I personally start with Victor, but then I'm biased, so. I, I, there's nothing to choose, really, is there? Let's be fair. No. 
No, there's not. I, th- I think Victor's played. He played the Parkgate game, played the Fleetwood game. I think Vickers has played against Salford and Donny. And then Victor's played um, Harrogate and Crew. So Victor has played more minutes. Um, Danny? Um, for me, like, I, I sort of agree with Ben. Like, we don't know for sure what the performances have been like. And I think <clears throat> Warney and Co may base who starts off the. Um, Behind closed doors game against Sheffield United and how they perform there because that's our first real test against a Championship opposition. Um, but for me, I would start Victor purely because if we win, I want to celebrate with him again. I want him to jump <laughs> into the stand and celebrate with us because that was ace against Oxford. Um, but I think that's me just being a bit um, a bit selfish, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> yeah. um, I have a completely tedious and pointless question. It's a question we've got to ask in terms of luck. Um, I have I wore the lucky Sweden shirt, the Victor, Victor shirt, at the end of last season, and we won every game. I went to you wearing it. Do I wear it every game until we lose, or yes. is it saved for special occasions, like end of season, vital? You know what I mean? What's what's the? I, I think that I tell you now, yeah, uh, no, the, the, yeah. the perfect person to answer this is Ben, because yeah. this is this is right up Ben's street. <laughs> You know what I think, about? You know what I think? I think it depends on the the exact minute that you put that shirt on because there, there is a scientific correlation between wearing that shirt and team Absolutely. performance. The team realising you're wearing that shirt, performing better. There's an exact scientific correlation. So I, I agree with you, Matt. I think you, I think you should wear it. <laughs> if you have to put it on the exact same time that you put it on the last two times, otherwise it won't work. Okay. I can work. I can, I can work that Cheers. Cheers for your uh, side comments, Ben. Appreciate it, mate. Uh, apparently, I've got to wait. James Finney and S64 Miller, and James Finney says yes. There we go. Decision made. I, 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 will, I will just um, put this out there. I'm wearing a different shirt towards the podcast, which is, funnily enough, I believe the um, 81 shirt, mm. which was the last time mm. we won um, at home on opening day. So if we don't win at home, it's my fault for actually wearing this and not wearing the home shirt. Um, but if we do win, stand to me in this shirt and Matt wearing his uh, special shirt as well. <laughs> yeah, I'll take full credit if we win. I'm taking full credit for wearing that shirt. I'll tell you right now. Um, <laughs> uh, moving forward, Mick, defensively, there's quite a lot to pick from now. There's quite a lot to dissect and, and choose who you're going to play. Akima Dolphins played there all pre-season. Mm. He's not going to get a look in at centre-back. It's just not with the signs we've made. Um, what are your back three looking like to start with? Um, I, I've gone with Wes, Wes Harding. I suspect that Richard Wood will start. Mm. I suspect. Yeah. I um, and uh, and Humphreys as a back three. Um, There's no left footer though. I thought Humphreys was left footer. Is he not? Humphreys is right, I think. Oh, I thought he was left. Ah, well, in that case, that stuffed my panel. Pretty the can't left one. Um, so that's that's me. I'm done. I'm out. Oh. <laughs> yeah, right, the thing you. is, the thing is, Jamie McCart. Well, I can't see being fit enough to play a full game um, with that injury. So, don't know. We'll have to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see. It's not as though we've, we've got a bit of an embarrassment of riches back there now, aren't we? At the moment, it's just a question of fitness, really. Um, yeah. So we'll, we'll see. Mm. Uh, New York in the comments says, please don't start. Woody, okay. listening to the podcast today, Danny, that Woody t- said he didn't like preseason games. He, he, mm. So you can't, 
He, him even, he's, he's openly admitted he doesn't like them. So you can't take anything out of his problems with preseason. Last season, he was absolutely fine, other than George Urson making him look mug. It was fine. There was no issues for me. So Woody Stein, good for it. I'm fine. Yeah, I agree. <clears throat> um, Woody said he, he can't really get into preseason because mm. he's not like competitive enough for him. And self-admittedly, he does better in bigger games, which we have actually seen. He does do very well in big games. And that, for me, is why he's starting in the middle of the back three. And I think to start it, as you mean to go on, you know, with your captain in the back three on the first game really sets the uh, the precedent for the season that, you know, he's the captain, he's the leader at the back sort of thing. Um, so my back three will be Woody in the middle, McCart on the left, if he's fit enough. If not, we may have to move hard into that left-hand side because he, he can do a job on that left-hand side. Mm. A little bit, little bit iffy with that for me, but we know he can do okay on that side. Um, and then, like I say, Harding on the right. But if he has to move to the left, then probably bring Humphreys in because he actually plays really well when he's alongside Woody. Mm. I haven't seen him play alongside um, Hall or or the, or the new centre back that's come in. But from what I know, Humphreys plays well next to Woody. He played well there against Doncaster and uh, against Crew, from what I've seen. And usually in the training sessions, it is Wood and Humphreys in the mm. small-sided games. Um, not that I've had the inside info. Not that I've not that I've had binoculars or anything today, anything like that. Um, but yeah, so my back three is Harding, Wood, McCart, if everyone's fit enough. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. I probably agree. Uh, Danny Essex Four Miller says, "Can we remember when Danny used to wear the same shirt for the podcast before, and we would win? And if he changed it, we would lose." Some mad superstition most of his last season. <laughs> yeah. I don't recall that. Oh, mm. And we were all convinced it worked because we went on that insane be- unbeatable. <laughs> suddenly we've tried it. It's like, oh no, we're up, we're up, we're up um, the dark alley now. Oh dear. <laughs> I still think that's the, uh, the Moment of Truth podcast fault. They claim it's not, but it you know, is. It's, yeah, it is. it's the no, you know, it's not their fault. It's the microphone's fault. Mm. Yeah. So every time they were mic'd up and they weren't there, we lost. So it's the microphone's <laughs> fault. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. And New York says he would start two middles with players. Um, it depends on fitness. If they're both fully fit, which I don't have certain penalty is not, uh, then that's that's obviously a problem. Um, going forward, let's start in the midfield, Dylan. What, and this leads into the attack, to be honest with you. We've got one fit striker at the minute, one fully fit striker. Jordi Kelly might be able to fit on bench. So you, we're probably going to see what we finished the last season with, and there is a central four with two deeper, and as Paul Wong calls it, two advanced tens. Is that what you you want to see and think we'll see? I, I don't know what I want to see, uh, to be honest. But I <laughs> I, I, would, I would expect um, Chiel to play. I, I I think with one cam, uh, one in that ten role. I think we've been playing with that for a bit of preseason. Uh, put Chio where he plays for Ireland. You know he he gets the numbers for Ireland, and then you go with the usual three in the middle. Like looking at Barlasa, uh, Wiles, and Rathbone for me. But mm. even then, I Lindsay's really impressed me at the back end of last season and in preseason. I think his energy is mm. great. Um, but so's Ollie's energy. So I don't know. It it all does come down to fitness, and you know the day of. Well, not the day of the game, but training before um but i'd i'd go wiles wiles yeah. rathbone balasa yeah and would you say would you say you're chio in front as well yeah chio just like, behind it yeah, yeah behind the striker 
Yeah. Uh, it looks like the striker's going to be Connor Washington. There's not much debate to be had on that, to be honest with you. Connor Washington's the only one. I've seen people getting upset about that as well. I mean, we've got four <laughs> strikers at the club. If three of them get injured, what's Paul one meant to do? He can't walk around with them to make sure they don't get injured all the time. Buy some more. Can Kelly not, can Kelly not play? He's, he will, he's, got, he's been ill, apparently. Uh, so he's not he's fully fit. So he might be able to... I'm inferring what Paul would say. He'll play a place on bench. That would be my guess. Uh, can you not play with illness? Depends how ill you are. Depends what illness is. I mean, if he can't go off the toilet, we can excuse him not playing. But, you know, if it's a bit of, bit of cold or something or a bit of hay fever, then I think he should play, personally. It's all I've seen people play with the flu. bad cold when your lungs aren't working properly, you can't run around. I've seen people play with the flu. <laughs> so, is it, unless, he's, unless he's sat on the toilet, can't sit, not sat on the toilet for an hour and a half. If you've got somebody play. else who's fitter than him... Yeah, if someone else can play better than him, then play. But at the minute, we haven't. This is not Leo Messi uh, we're talking about. We've got a cold. I know it's is... not, but... Somebody... somebody you don't, you, the worst thing you can do is something like Georgia Kelly. Bearing in mind, it's not, he doesn't play in English football probably before. He's chucking him in when he's not fully fit and he gets beaten up, so, essentially. Right there, right there, you just made an assumption that he is... You just said that's the worst thing you can do to him. How do you know that? <laughs> have you spoken to him? Are you are you his therapist? How do you know what his mental state is? You have no idea. You have no idea if, what, if that's going to benefit him or not. You well, have my, no idea. From well, your experience, experience as a non-professional footballer, you have no idea. Well, I've been watching professional football and seeing young players come through the system and yes. being thrown in at the deep end when they're not ready and get beaten up on the pitch, yes, they yes. fall away. They sometimes come back better, they sometimes don't. I think it would be incredibly silly to play somebody who's not fit and hasn't played at that level. Michael Smith, for example, could probably do it because he's got that muscle memory, that know-how of how to do it. Georgie Kelly's never played professional football at, the, at this kind of level. So it would be silly, very silly to play him if he isn't fully fit, in my opinion, Ben. Not in my I disagree. Uh... Uh, Ben's on one tonight, isn't he? Sure, yeah. <laughs> oh, what I'm saying, I disagree. Yeah, strongly, apparently. Um, <laughs> uh, ben fans will be happy tonight. Uh, full backs, wing backs. Um, I expect Kyoso, Mick. I haven't seen anything to say Kyoso's not fit. The question then comes on the left hand side. Shane Ferguson played the last friendly. Cole Rammels had his pre season cut short because of injury. Would you assume Shane Ferguson? I would, yeah. I would. It just gives you that little bit more experience as well. So, yeah, no no issues with that. I, I've got Shane Ferguson in my fan of the team. Cool. I like it. I think we've covered everything there. I think we've covered mm-hmm. the lineup. Um, Ben's disagreed with most of it. We got there in the end. Uh, let's, go, let's go for score predictions. Uh, Dylan, what would you like to go first? Score prediction, first day of the season. As, as boring as it is and unoptimistic, I, I, I'm looking at nil nil. I think I think the way that Swansea play suits us, but I don't think we've got from what I've seen so far. I don't think we've got enough attacking mm. of an attacking threat to actually finish the chances. So I, I, I'm going with nil nil. Fair enough, uh, Benjamin. One nil win. One nil win. First bit of positive to for Ben tonight. I like it. Uh, <laughs> Danny? Yeah, I'm thinking same. 1-0 win. Uh, Danny? Mick? Yeah, can I just say, first of all, just I just, I, I'd like to put it out there. 
across the social media and internet world that should we actually lose on Saturday, that doesn't mean we're relegated. Just so we know, it doesn't mean anything at all other than we lost on Saturday. That's all that would mean if we were to lose. Um, just, just pointing that out, just, just in case. Well, you know, for clarity, clarity's sake. <laughs> yeah, uh, one I'll... apiece, I reckon. I reckon we'll get a draw out of it, which means, should that happen, that'll mean we neither get relegated nor get promoted on Saturday. However, what it would mean is we're one point further away from getting relegated and one point closer to being promoted. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Mick. Uh, Yeah, I'm going to go 2-1 towards them score first. I think we'll come back. Um, win in the comments for Harvey Kellogg says 1 1. James Finnis says 2 1. Kim Hayward says 1 1. S6 formula, tough draw 1 1. And PowerMed UK says 2 1, like myself. And Dean Caitley says 1 0. The problem with the first day of the season is you could win 3 0, but it might not mean anything because Swansea might be the worst team in the league. I don't think they will be, but it's, 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 so, it's so difficult to take any reference for the rest of the season from day one. Same if we lose 3 0, Swansea could turn out to, to be Fulham, like, like Fulham were last season. Uh, it's, I think it's really but I agree with me. I know it's a snide comment but I completely agree with me don't take too much from day one just enjoy being back in stadium uh, is what I would say uh, yeah. uh, Danny striker rumours anything ticking around we know we've lost one which could be one or two people I'm not sure any other no noises um, <clears throat> we're looking at <clears throat> excuse me we're looking at two I think I think one Met with one today, but that could have been a midfield target. Um, it's, it's suddenly just all exploded, all the rumours. I can't keep track of it all. Apparently, we're meeting two midfielders, two strikers, centre-backs obviously signed. Um, but yeah, I think the striker that we'll, we'll bring in is probably just to fill the little gap in the meantime, uh, which does make me think that KO could move out on loan if he comes back to fitness quicker than expected. Because uh, then we'll have got the the one striker in the door anyway, and potentially move KO'd out for more game time. Um, Tom Eves is a lot closer to coming back than we first thought. It's now a matter of uh, weeks rather than a couple months. I think they've said he should be back on the grass in about twenty-ish days, okay. which is a lot sooner than they were expecting. They were expecting him to, in, him to be out until at least end of September to start with. Uh, so that's good. <clears throat> Um, so that might reduce it down to just needing one striker instead of the two. Um, in terms of names, no idea. <laughs> the one that I have seen on Twitter that made me laugh was George Hurst back on loan for this season. <laughs> that was like, uh, I can see why you said it, but just no. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, you never know. I wouldn't bet on that. Um, yeah, we shall see. We shall see. So thank you all for joining. Uh, don't forget, a Saturday evening, our instant reaction will be out on YouTube, a 10-minute jobby type thing. Uh, we'll be outside the ground just instantly reacting, as the, as, as it says. Um, keep an eye on the website. Dylan and Danny will be doing stuff for the website. We'll talk afterwards about exactly what that's going to look like. Go on newyorktalk.co.uk. We'll try and get some match reports up and some other nonsense that will go up. Uh, I think... Anything else that we need to talk about and cover? I think one thing just to cover is Josh Chapman, um, which has been announced today, obviously, that um, he's he's basically giving up football, uh, even professional football, which uh, it came as a bit of a surprise to me, I'll be honest with you. Mm. Um, 
why that's why that's a surprise or it was a surprise to me. I don't know, but um, I mean, it's a big decision for the lad, and mm. I've got a lot of respect for somebody of his age to have mm. gone through what he's gone through to 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 get to the level that he got to to make such a, a massive decision. So whatever I hope he whatever he turns his hand to, I hope it's uh, it's a success for him and he enjoys it. But uh, mm. yeah, big decision that and. Uh, well done on having the balls for making it, lad. Mm. Mm. Yeah, completely agree. He's clearly a nice kid. Obviously, won't be at club, buddy. If he were, if he did, yeah. um, and like I said, to him, it must it must be something important to him. You're not going to give up the chance of professional football unless it's very, very important to you. So I agree, Rick. Total mm. respect. Yeah. Um, wish him all the best. He's only a kid. He could turn him back in professional football five years' time. You know what I mean? So good luck to him whatever he does going forward. Um, he plays part, he's got two two medals from last season, hasn't he? You know what I mean? So yeah. Uh, yeah. Good luck to the lad. Uh, right. So we'll back Sunday evening for the review show. Sunday evening live on YouTube on Monday for the audio podcast. Uh, please subscribe. Uh, this is a shout out to everybody. Please subscribe. We're stuck on six 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 on YouTube subscribers, and I'm not comfortable going into the season on that number, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so if you can please subscribe and just get us up, even if it's just six six seven for now, just get us up. Um, that'd be lovely. And if you subscribe, you'll obviously get notified when the instant reaction is out on Saturday evening. Uh, when Mick's either crying because we've lost three nil, or crying because we've had an argument with a Rotherham fan about one thing or another. Big room. <laughs> just before just before we go off, it has just ticked over to six six seven. Yes, when it leaked now, there we go. Start now, it's fine. Um, <laughs> enjoy Saturday, everybody. It's back in the stadiums, first time. Well, they've ever played in July. We'll get that stat out there because that's a pointless stat. But then we'll like first time we've ever played a competitive league game in July. Ben, like that one, yeah, it's really important. That's so important. <laughs> yeah, vital. We've now played every month of the year if you're interested, Ben. Yeah, I was just going to say, I think seven months now, isn't it? That's uh, that's extremely interesting. I'll be able to. (laughs) That's so interesting. Thank you, Matt. (laughs) I'm sure we can't swear on here. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Mick. It's been a pleasure. Are you you covered free now, Mick, by the way? Uh, No, not quite. Not quite. Uh, I I took a test this morning and it it was still a line there, but it was as faint as a faint thing on a faint day. So I'm. uh, if, it's back, if, it, if that line comes back tomorrow, then I might be fainting because I'm not. I, I don't know how I'm going to miss that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, uh, ben, we'll see. thanks. I suppose. You're welcome, <laughs> <laughs> Danny. Pleasure as always. Yep, always a pleasure. Uh, and Dylan, it's been great to have you on, mate. We'll have you again very short, very soon if, if if that works. Yeah, thanks for having me. And I hope to see you all. With three points after the weekend. Yes. Maybe. Mm. Hopefully. Yeah. Thank you, everybody. See you soon. Rebel. Vicious. Brilliant. You're with it. What's got around the back? And Richie Wood has done it again. The magic man has come up with another trick. Well, there's a chance to seal it. It's done. It's Georgie Kelly. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. 
Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.